And so when we came out of uh, the gymnasium, you know, we both had music degrees uh, and we had degrees in wires. It was a, a wire-based program. It was, it was, uh, we studied many types of wires. We studied combination wires, Asian wires, uh, Brazilian wires, you know, uh, one, one half, one half iota, two half iota wires, you know, they were all sorts. And this really helped us in the analog synthesizer market. We really, we really carved out a niche for ourselves. And in there, we found the capital with which to found our funky beats. As my good friend uh, Kruda is saying, how many records did you know that were produced in Germany that give you such a nice warm feeling in your belly? And it's yeah, very I, much from these wires that we, 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 we source the wires from places that not, not normally you can get much high quality audio from audio is our passion. As yeah, we like audio. To say. audio. Absolutely, it's, it's audio. Audio is our passion. Mm -hmm. um, and, but when you're, when you're in this business like, like uh, we are, it's, uh, it's very hard to come up with, say, like the covers for the records, like the record covers. Like, how do you do this? Yeah, who do you know? You know, because we were just in a world of audio. We did not know visual. Visual was totally different. That's a different gymnasium entirely. And so um, what we had to do was we had to travel and we had to do a lot of DMT with various, uh, various wild peoples of the world. And, you know, we went to beach raves, went to Cornish beach raves. And that's where we met Aphex Twin. And he said to us, hey, buddies, you know, have you heard of have you heard of all this software? And we were like, no. And so uh, we met all these visual software art and that's when we met Banksy and we revealed that the identity of Banksy is, uh, is Jerry. Yes, and the most striking thing about Affix Twin is this, this such great accumulation of records that he has uh, as, and as he told us, you know, from the great forefathers of our movement, ACDC, is yeah. a long way to the top if you want to make down-tempo IDM. Yeah, I, I think we can also learn, we can learn from ACDC and we can learn from uh, our own German post-war bands like Can, we like Can and Emondul 2 and, uh, and Faust and various bands like this. Ich möchte deine down-tempo IDM, you know, and we can find a lot of inspiration in, uh, in other rock bands like ACDC, uh, uh, like Lad Zeppelin, and uh, <laughs> of course... Now, Kruda, I believe uh, we're being a bit amiss because we have a guest that we must introduce on the show. Okay, Dorfmeister, you are absolutely correct. We have a very special guest here today. We have a very special guest. It is Jeremy Appel on House of Decline. Thank you, Jeremy, for coming in. Hello. Yeah, great to be back. You are back. Uh, I have to confess, we, we did uh, improvs as Kruder and Dorfmeister before, but I foolishly did not have my mic in front of me, and so we had to abandon seven minutes of material. A little, a little sneak peek behind the scenes, but Alex and I are improv masters. In fact, we're we went geniuses. to school for it. We went we, to absolutely. school yeah. to do improv. <laughs> and often in, in college, we would sit around in class improvising on garbage cans, you, you just made up instruments that don't make any sense. And we got degrees for that. We got, so you we went to improv school. 
Yeah. Basically. Yeah. But like you went to school specifically for improv. Like that Not specifically. Was, yeah. It was just the class there that we took a lot. Uh, We've mentioned I thought it you, before. I thought, I thought there were like improv degrees going around. It, there there of, are improv degrees. Are. We know people that got in, in music improv. Yeah. People that got degrees and mm. making it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I did Second City, uh, like lessons when <laughs> I was like a teenager. Cool. Did it yeah, help no, you? It was a lot of fun. Uh, I love improv. It, it, it's just the people that do improv and stick with it tend to be uh, weird. On maybe just I'll just say they're on all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're high energy folk. They're cultish psychos. Uh, did your yeah, did your I'm, improv I'm not... training, uh, Jeremy? Did your improv training help you come up with such snappy comebacks on Twitter? Maybe I hadn't thought about that, mm. but I, I think, I mean, the thing with Twitter is like you use it enough, you get a feel for the medium and how to sort of navigate it. Um, so I, I'd always thought of my, uh, you know, relative, uh, Twitter prominence as just something that sort of, I acquired, you know, spending enough time on the app, but maybe maybe there's some like deep-seated uh drive to uh improvise and well i think that is because it is like the best thing that twitter is like other than like sort of headline journalism and like yelling at celebrities it's it's like the riff machine right you can get a thread where people are joking back and forth and they can get pretty funny at times and i think you know part of your part of your appeal as a journalist too is that you do combine it with this almost uh, sort of comedy cleverness which imbues your stuff with a, a pretty unique sensibility uh which oh thank is why, you yeah, yeah i i mean in that regard i would say my my inspiration is ken klippenstein right because he's he's a troll but he's a troll who mm -hmm. gets the goods and mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah mm -hmm. he's, and and like our inspiration is don hughes which, who you may be familiar with oh yeah no i he i he's a friend of mine Awesome. Hell yeah. He's That's a, yeah, so cool. he's a, he's like, a inspiration. Like a friendly acquaintance he's an internet friend. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Like we, yeah, we, uh, we DM. Nice. Hell yeah. I'm well, cause, uh, DMing with Hughes. Yeah. No, not actually. Um, but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's, uh, he's great. Uh, very dry. Yeah. Very, like, but his, his posting is <laughs> Top yeah, guy. he's a genius poster. Uh, one just savant-like. Him and Biederman are the funniest ones in the game to me. They're the funniest uh, guys in the game to me. Who would yeah. you say? Who are the funniest Twitter guys in the game to you? Definitely Biederman. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, like piss pig granddad. Oh yeah, but he's just he's true and on pod now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he's posting his true and on pod. Yeah, he posted now. guns today. He's at the shooting range today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a big gun guy. I think that's kind of cool. Um, I mean, Canada, of course. Um, it's pretty easy to get a gun in Canada, but you have to jump through a lot of hoops that you don't in the states because it's not like a right to have in Canada. But here, where I live in a little province called Alberta, guns are like guns are huge. Yeah. Like, you know, they I, do they sell guns at Canadian Tires in Ontario? I 
Probably. I imagine you yeah, get out to like some of the more rural Canadian tires. You probably yeah. That's what I there. was thinking. Because um, yeah. because I've definitely seen. But not them. in the city. I don't see guns at Canadian tires in the city. No. Yeah. No. There's no guns at the Canadian Tire uh, down the street from me in Calgary. But yeah. I, you know, I lived in rural Alberta a while, and you you see guns in like Canadian Tire, and that's kind of a culture shock coming from like Toronto or yeah. Calgary or whatever. But yeah. I, so. Um, there's this big, uh, you know, cause Alberta is a very conservative province and they don't mm-hmm. like that Trudeau kid much. That's he's, he's a little, I mean, we don't like that Trudeau kid that no, much, no, no, but, but, for, we, but we for don't, the right reasons. Yeah. We don't like him for reasons that exist. Yes. Not like, <laughs> they don't like him because they like, think like fucking like AstroTurf fossil fuel billionaire funded grievances. Yeah against yeah. um because um i mean basically uh we're lo- living under the yoke of this ultra conservative government led by a guy by the name of uh jason kenneth jason kenneth that's what <laughs> well that's what naomi wolf said and she's oh, an academic yes. so she, yeah she's a smart lady <laughs> she's a doctor of wolves apparently <laughs> that's why her name is naomi wolf she's a lupologist lo- oh, dude she's a lunatic um, yes I don't know I why. Love, I love how, like, once a year, Naomi Klein tweet like, whenever Naomi Wolf says something stupid, which is more yeah. than once a year, but when, once a year, like, really blows up, Naomi Klein is just like, reminder, I am not Naomi Wolf. Yeah. Yeah, that's like Matt Gertz, who's been having problems being identified with as Matt Gates. Um, who I'm told from uh, by intrepid uh, investigative journalist Glenn Greenwald is totally innocent. Oh and yeah, <laughs> that the Democrats, the Democrats are already locking him up for uh, for for nothing. Yeah, it's true. The it's a travesty. Is, I've, been, I've been thinking about Glenn, and people have been like, Glenn devolved. But as you pointed out, you did some good journalism on this, Jeremy. You pointed out, that, no, Glenn's always been this way. He defended Nazis at the age. Uh, that was his big deal before he became yeah, no, Citizen uh, Four uh, guy fuck, was defending Nazis. Uh, David uh, Neuer. Um, is a uh, is a good resource uh, mm-hmm. for that. He's this historian uh, who covers the far right. Um, yeah. He's really good at Twitter. Um, he's kind of lit, but like whatever. He he gets the goods. Um, and yeah, I mean Greenwald didn't just defend a Nazi because like you're defending a Nazi from like, especially in the states where you have the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everyone's entitled to a defense, but he was defending uh, this Nazi, by I believe his name was Matthew Hale. Mm-hmm. Um, he was defending his right to be admitted to the bar as a lawyer, even though oh. he was the leader of a neo-Nazi cult that had killed the guy. Yeah, I think that's that's disqualifying, I would say. Yeah, as, as but, a lawyer. And everyone's entitled to a defense, but um, I feel like... So there's this old rule in lawyering, in traditional lawyering, uh, it comes up in England called the cab bank rule, which is, it is legally ethical. Uh, it, it is the most legally ethical to never turn down a client. Everyone deserves representation. Yeah. As a lawyer, your duty is only to your profession. It is your Bushido code that you represent everybody that comes to you. But of course, there's a caveat to that, which is like, if you think you don't 
you can't represent a client adequately, you should recuse yourself because then you are not giving them adequate representation and it would be unethical. So, you know, the classic example is like a Jewish guy, obviously not Glenn Greenwald, wouldn't want to defend a Nazi because it's like, I feel so emotional about the Nazis that I'm not going to defend them well. But um, But the thing is that if you have any normal moral conviction i feel everyone's defense would be compromised by representing a nazi like it's like i feel like no that's why i i i don't know that's probably a half-baked reasoning but 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 he did what 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 is i think troubling about that was the amount of zeal that greenwald defended uh matthew hale's uh, um right to be admitted to the bar um he said something along the lines of and this is classic greenwald that Mm -hmm. uh these allegations are simply guilt by association and (laughs) the people who are fighting them in court are so repugnant that it provides its own motivation for me to take on this case um which is i mean a bit over dramatic but you see him i mean that is like you can and and also if you it's really interesting because when you look at his old blogs like before he rebranded as yeah. uh this uh bush administration critic um yeah. it was very like boilerplate right-wing stuff um and then all of a sudden he just realizes oh uh george w bush is actually bad um, yeah but that's okay so i was thinking about this earlier because uh i i i was thinking about how when john stewart went on crossfire and owned tucker carlson and everyone's like he ended this man's career and or the fact just the miracle of the daily show at all seeming like radical or progressive at the time was because the post 911 uh, like bush insanity where everyone became you know jingo star was uh it was so fucking weird and fascistic that people like John Stewart and people like Glenn Greenwald were able to come across as radicals just for stating the basic moral position um, well, but that that was sort of like I feel like he was a liberal. Greenwald was a liberal then, and then in, under the Obama administration, he rebranded as this like radical. And then under the Trump administration, he rebranded as this like right wing culture warrior. He's just um, a contrarian, I guess. Well, it's like Christopher Hitchens. Like uh, I think he he saw which way the winds were blowing and realized that this was a great opportunity for him to like strengthen his brand or something i mean he's clearly unwell if you go to his twitter page he tweets 50 times a day and like like i've gone days where i've tweeted like 20 30 times and i i felt like fucking basket case but like 50 (laughs) and i mean the guy's got like what like 1.2 million followers yeah and he responds to you if you criticize him i like respond Uh, to him when i have like 20 followers and he's like um i did yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it's because he's that thin-skinned um but here's a here's a passage from a blog post he wrote in december 2005 about immigration there are needless to say some people who oppose illegal immigration due to racist or xenophobic sentiments but you can find some people who advocate for almost any perfectly innocuous position who do so with malignant motives there are for instance people who oppose tax cuts because they're socialists 
<laughs> yeah, he he's he's a fan of Empire. That's always why I thought why he moved to Brazil, because the only time he sort of made sense was in the 90s, because that's when he could be like a crusader. So I he think, just went back to where gay I politics. Think he's, he's trying to take over Brazil, I'm pretty sure. Like everyone's, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, he's done great stuff. He's like helping Lula get out of jail. But I'm pretty sure he's going to try to like take over. He's gonna, well, I'm pretty he's gonna... sure the, the person who should be credited with getting Lula out of jail, if anyone in in this instance, is the person who leaked that information to Glenn Greenwald, not him. Yeah. But he has this tendency to make, put himself, himself in the stories, right? Like with Snowden, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's a perfect example. Um, yeah. But anyways, he sucks now and... Like, it's kind of funny, and it's kind of sad, and it's kind of infuriating uh, which way his career is taken. But, like, at the end of the day, he was overrated anyways. Uh Uh-huh. Like, he he got, like, a good scoop, like, handed to him. And Yeah. I I mean, I've got... And a legendary movie, a legendary... Do you like... Citizen 4, I think, is a genuinely great movie. I loved it when I saw it. And looked yeah. up to uh, Greenwald. <laughs> oh now it, it would be interesting to see how well it's aged. I did like. Uh, it would be interesting to see also what Laura Poitras thinks of the where uh, Glenn has gone. Yeah, what um, does Edward Snowden think of Glenn? I don't well, know. What his I, I think Edward it. Snowden though is like Glenn in that he's like a right winger who likes um, civil liberties and, uh, you know, living in Russia and shit. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I saw Citizen Four in a theater filled with old people and they were all asleep. And I was on the edge of my seat, like biting my lip and, and like wringing my hands together and basically being like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And, and my dad was next to me, passed out. Just totally 100% asleep. And he was like, I don't... And at, when the movie was over, I was like pacing back and forth about the government and the NSA spying on us. And my dad was like, I, I, I didn't really like it. I didn't really understand what was going on. And I was like, <laughs> you you and everyone else w- were asleep. Yeah, yeah I, I I liked Poitras's, uh Julian Assange documentary um, that came out after that she had to keep re-editing because like shit, she kept like finding out shit about him that like oh yeah confused. we'll talk about an insane guy with bad politics who did who did some well good yeah stuff i once. think i think there's a big and i think greenwald would like admit to this proudly that there's a clear parallel between like julian assange and him mm-hmm. um in terms of losing their goddamn minds and also not being great people to begin with but having this weird cult following of yeah. people who insist they're always operating in good faith because yeah like elon musk yeah, yeah as saturday night live host uh yes. elon musk which <laughs> by the way like people are people are like uh screeching about that online but i mean snl had steve forbes host yeah. uh in the 90s trump when, well, yeah, but also when Steve Forbes hosted, I believe Rage Against the Machine was the scheduled musical guest. <laughs> and they, when they, they, they played Bulls on Parade with like upside down American flags on their amps. That's very funny. And then Who they weren't allowed that? to play. It. And then they weren't allowed to play a second song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's amazing. Uh, we have Richard Spencer and Propagandi on this week's SNL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
the uh man I, it's also i mean snl is the fucking is, is middle of the road bottom of the barrel just lowest common denominator and like i mean it, it, it the Simpsons had an Eli sucking Elon Musk's dick episode. So it's like, why would you expect the Saturday Night Live, which carries much less cultural purchase, to to not do that? Do do new Simpsons episodes carry cultural purchase though? No, but like it's still I think like, but, the like they make money, but it's not like like you know early Simpsons was really um, formative in subversive yeah like irony laden uh, 90s like popular culture and then sort of the nostalgia for that that um, you see yeah and the humor was recently Um, it was anti-authoritarian as well whereas you know yeah and it was it was uh, uh profound critique of celebrity culture and like american materialism that it's now become part of there's a there's a great episode of the podcast seriously wrong do you know mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. no i do not i think they're canadian um well yeah are they canadian well anyways they um they did an episode on why the simpsons sucks now and it was really fucking good and mm-hmm. and saturday night live has the, our savior we want our say our star savior, but you know the, the Elon's milk toast bad comedy is is part of his appeal. That's his whole thing. Because Elon is not an inventor, he's a hype man, and mm-hmm. what he understands is what gives nerds boners. Um, <laughs> and so he needs to give nerds lots of boners, and like lots of nerds like stupid shitty comedy. Uh, lots of lots of STEM lords watch SNL. Even if, because they think it's genuinely funny, because they're dumb, <laughs> at least they're dumb at comedy. Yeah, I um, think my parents still watch us now. They always did uh, growing up, which is why I never got into it. Because like SNL was like for my parents, Mad TV was like our generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> SNL—that's another example of a show that, within its early formative years, was seen as incredibly controversial and subversive. And then became part of the uh, culture that it was mocking. Yeah, I think you're going to see that with some of the big podcasts. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know. Uh, not to name any names, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we kind of want to do that. We'll, we'll, we'll sell out. We'll sell out. Yeah, I, yeah. absolutely. In a heartbeat. Yeah, this, you know, I've been, I'm blackpilled now. This is Todd <laughs> Save America. My name is John Four. And here we're talking about why Biden is my sexy grandpa. Does does uh, Pod Save America uh, still happen? Yeah, is the, yeah. Like it's still making episodes. Oh, Crooked yeah. media bigger there's than actually, ever. Uh, there's actually there's a podcast in Alberta, um, in Calgary, uh, where I live, called The Strategist, and it's just a bunch of these washed up, like center right political hacks, just talking about just giving people like free advice. And and they, they should have called their podcast the smartest guys in the room. I feel like there is a podcast called that. <laughs> okay. Well, from do you, it guys have, you guys probably have Pod Save the Queen, right? <laughs> yeah, we have a royalist. Yeah, Conrad Black starts Pod Save the Queen. Okay, well, um, the Queen's going to die soon. And so I doubt there's yet a podcast named Pod Save the King. And I think we should start it before anyone else does. Become a pro-royalist podcast and just do royal gossip. 
Yeah, I'm a well, big fan I'll, of the I, I can't I can't participate that in that because Alberta is going to separate and uh, become part of the United States. You're right. We, we should. I, I, yeah, we touched on Alberta. Let's let's return back. I was trying to look up Jason Kenny. What kind of a guy is that guy? Uh, he's um, he's an interesting fellow. Um, to put it mildly, he um, grew up. I think his uh, his dad was involved with like the Liberal Party. And oh, then, the Liberal. Um, he sort of was, and then became this like weird. He 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 led the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, which is like exactly what it sounds like. It's like the it's like the <laughs> fucking it's like a low budget like Cato Institute. Um, and he became this weird like Catholic, uh, like like not quite Opus Dei, but like along those lines, like he's some part of some weird like Catholic sect. And uh, he actually got kicked out of a Jesuit college near San Francisco for being too extreme in his anti-abortion views. And he was actually interviewed by a CNN. Um, <laughs> too extreme. What, yeah. The, what does that mean? <laughs> okay. but he was, was it like a Kevin Williamson thing where he said, jail women for abortions? Well, Kevin Williamson said that they should be hanged for gang abortions, <laughs> which is like so specific. You know, he's like pondered that issue for a very long time and then just oh, came yeah. out and was like, yeah, no, it should be a hanging. But uh, no, Jason Kenney. Um, so the school, basically there was like uh, some sort of court case um, with uh, the school um, where the court ordered them or maybe it was just like a board of governance thing, but basically they had to allow uh, pro-choice um, people to table on their campus. And Jason Kenny just thought that that was like such an outrage that these people are advocating murder that is mm. to and it's totally against Catholic teachings. And how dare they um, bring this onto our campus? And he was interviewed by CNN at the time in the Chiron. You can see a lot of press progress stories. They use a bunch. Uh, it says Jason Kenny, anti-abortion activist. <laughs> and um, so he did that. He also lobbied successfully uh, lobbied against um, uh, gay partners to be included as family members as far as like hospital visits go and this was like in the AIDS crisis right well they might get their AIDS on the family members yeah. you see <laughs> yeah. yeah and anyways he's quite proud of that basically came back to uh, Canada um, ran for federal politics in federal politics for what became the federal conservative party and he uh, was always at the right wing of the party. Um, he said famously once in parliament, uh, gays should be able to get married to people of the opposite sex. Like, Ooh. I'm not against gay marriage. Right? So he, he's yeah. doing jokes. He's yeah. doing jokes. That's his yeah. thing. Oh, man, if you see him when he was like a younger <laughs> member of parliament, like if you look up a speech of his in support of the Iraq war, Mm -hmm. in parliament because canada didn't 
I mean, at least on paper, didn't participate in the Iraq war. And there was a big debate in Canada, Mm -hmm. like all the newspapers, except for the Toronto star were like, yeah, let's do this. Our American allies need us. And, and the government, but there are also like huge demonstrations against the war in like all of Canada's major cities. And so the, the liberal government time stayed out of it. And the conservatives were like outraged. And if you see the speech, Kenny gave in parliament his he was just so mad like his face just red with anger like how dare you not join our American allies how dare you insult them like this um and anyways so he was a member of parliament for a while um Stephen Harper became prime minister who was the leader of the conservatives and uh he was seen as more like sympathetic to the social conservatives in the party like Kenny but he largely like marginalized them, but he put Kenny in a role of like reaching out to immigrant communities and sort of playing on their like socially conservative impulses a lot of them have to vote conservative and uh, was quite successful. But then uh, in 2015, Trudeau was sort of able to win back all those like suburban immigrant voters with the strength of his brand. The strength um, of his handsomeness. The but, strength but of his Kenny, strong Kenny, um, Kenny saw the writing on the wall, didn't run for re-election that election, and then went back to Alberta, which was being run by like a, a cent- pretty much a centrist government, but like a neoliberal uh, government uh, led by the New Democrats, which were at some point in the past like a social democratic party. And so it was like this socialist takeover of Alberta was how mm-hmm. they saw it. Uh, the oil and gas industry is like Alberta alone has more oil than Iraq hmm. yeah, or, or than the entire United States. Like, yeah, like w- there's a lot of fucking oil in Alberta and the in which is interesting because you see the supposed left wing party in alberta and they're like oh we're very disappointed that joe biden um you know canceled keystone xl yeah um, it does suck for you guys who like oil and pumping it you know well yeah, yeah i mean it sucks for people who um have had the prospect of their oil jobs coming back to them dangled in front of them by these cheap right-wing and like centrist demagogues yeah, exactly. um who think the world revolves around us and um can see which way the wind's blowing but just doesn't care and is like fighting against the future uh, yeah just, i mean a, a canadian fort mcmurray burned to the ground because of the oil industry and the, that there was no cause for pause everyone just continued on as if everything was normal yeah well but anyways kenny comes back and he because basically the new democrats won 2015 because there was a split on the right there was the progressive conservative party which had ruled the province since like the 70s yeah preston manning and shit like no no no. preston manning was reform that's oh you're right he was reform who am i thinking of what cowboy hat wearing creep am i thinking of ralph klein yeah, that Ralph Klein is King I'm Ralph. Thinking. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he he was kind of like a proto Rob Ford, mm. um, in that he was like a drunken mess. He once uh, showed up at a homeless shelter and threw <laughs> threw money at people. That's <laughs> awesome. That's great. Yeah, but he was like a former like broadcaster, so like he he was very good at like playing on people's emotions, and that King, was when you say King Ralph. 
You're of course aware of the John Goodman movie King Ralph, right? I'm not. Is that you're what not that, aware of the John what Goodman that's based oh, on? No, well, it might be what that's based on, but because the John Goodman movie King Ralph is this sort of. Uh, John Goodman is a boorish American, but he becomes royalty, and everyone in the royalty is offended by his boorish American attitude. And, but in that, that is the model for these sort of like uh, populist drunken dirtbags like Rob Ford and you know Doug Ford and King, and and Ralph Klein and uh, Donald Trump. You know they're King Ralphs. You know they're they're upsetting the elite class. With their, you know, their rowdy frat boy Chris yeah. Farley ways. You know? Yes, Andrew Jackson prototype. Yes! <laughs> yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah. Let's all have uh, a big drunk party in the Oval Office. <laughs> yeah. well, well, Kenny is, as I said, he's from some, he belongs to some weird Catholic sect. Like, yeah, he's, he's not known, a King Ralph. He's a he's, trad he's, cat he's psycho. He's a teetotaler. Um, as far as I know, he's never, like... He's single. He's never that we know of been in a romantic relationship. He's, I don't think he has any friends. Guy? Like he is solely dedicated to promoting this hardcore neoliberal slash um, freaky Catholic ideology. And Alberta is like he came back to Alberta because he represented Calgary and Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, came back to Alberta, merged these two conservative parties together, created one like super conservative party. And um, yeah, I was elected premier two years ago. And since then he's uh, cut corporate taxes by a lot and then convened a, uh, a panel of experts, um, air quotes around experts, like economists and shit to find out what to do about Alberta's fiscal situation without resorting to, without looking at the revenue side, just on spending. So obviously they issued this report saying you have to cut like everything um, and do it quick because they weren't given the option of being like, hey, maybe you can like introduce a provincial sales tax uh, because we're the only province without one. But yeah, so Kenny's like this like, like people call him an incel, but he's really a Volcel. <laughs> yeah, he has mm. got the Volcel power. He he yeah. harvests all of his all of his pent up cum in his gigantic scrotum. He doesn't even masturbate, you know. He's just got this gigantic ball sack that is just festering with Cherenkov radiation. Yeah. And know? people and, people talk about how like Doug Ford in Ontario like cried like these crocodile tears, but Kenny doesn't even do that. Like um like one reporter asked him uh like if he regrets because he obviously he's one of those like we need to keep the economy going guys like mm-hmm. yeah can't stop the wheel of maman can't you can't you need to shovel more bodies into the mammoth yeah, machine you know exactly and so a uh, reporter asked him like do you feel bad for any of the deaths that have happened when you could have taken action sooner and he was just like how dare you that's that that sounds like a an NDP politician's question, not a journalist. <laughs> like you just I went... respect that way more than than Doug Ford's yeah. crying game. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I know I know that reporter and he's good, but some 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 of these reporters could use um some bullying, that's for sure. Yeah. But um, Jason Kenny, he's not a good villain too, because he's such a little bitch as well. Yeah. That's the other quality of him. He's not like who's like 
like a, a great villain is like a guy like Larry Ellison, who's just, you know, totally evil, but also in control and sort of charismatic. Who's Larry Ellison again? The Oracle CEO yes. who has like bad plastic surgery. Yeah. Look up Larry Ellison. He is not a he just yeah. lost to Google in a in a case um, that was huge because uh, Oracle bought Java, the programming language. And tried to like make it so that no one else can use the programming language Java, and they sued Google for using oh my Java. God. And yeah. Google, thank God, won. It's not like great. I'm not. We're a not big rooting Google for fan, Google. But yeah. Ralph Ellison, his, if you've ever seen uh, Silicon Valley, L Larry Ellison, Ralph Ellison is Invisible Man. I'm sorry. Ralph <laughs> yeah, Ralph Ellison's game. <laughs> Keith, uh, yeah. Keith Ellison. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> Larry Ellison is. He's the. Basically, if you've seen Silicon Valley, he's the leader of Hooli, um, that character. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Seen. Didn't that guy just get me too? Like the, the actor? The guy that played Gavin Belson? Oh, no, 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 no. I, uh, Gavin Belson. No, Belsen. you're thinking of Thomas Middleditch. You're, yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. Of, you're thinking of the main Silicon Valley guy. Yeah, that's guy. who oh. I thought you were referring to. But Got a little I looked too up a handsy. picture of him. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah, no, yeah Gavin Belson is, is like the Larry Ellison um, just the just a dumb a dumb CEO that lucked his way into being controlling one of the major tech companies. Mm -hmm. But it's also that sounds like ruthless. most of them. Yeah, some of <laughs> no. Well, like the CE, like the Google guys were legit, um, uh, like nerds who knew what they were doing. Um, but we all know, thanks to David Fincher, that Zuckerberg stole Facebook yes. from the oh, Winklevi. Yes. Who were, who were themselves no, not too smart. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to be a genius to come up with a great business idea, I think, is the uh, yeah. I think that's the general thrust or to come up with something as dumb as Twitter, which is just like a format. Twitter, Twitter is just like a UX. That's all it is. And, and we love it. We love it, folks. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and, I think that's why. I mean, the Google guys tried to come up with the social network and they couldn't do it. Like, yeah, well, because that's all failed. the social net. A yeah. social network is just a UX. That's and all it is. Nerds are not good at social networking. What's the what's the UX? A user experience. Like, what is like? What does it feel like using the website? How easy is it to say get to comments that you want to get to, or like how intrusive are ads, or like how intrusive are like the algorithm recommended stuff? You know, all of that user experience is what makes a certain type of social media sticky or what gives it a quality that you want to keep coming back to. And, you know, Twitter's stickiness is a result of it, you know, with, with retweets and the fact that uh, faves from your your followers will make, uh, the people you follow will make shit show up in your feed. That part of the user experience is what contributes to uh, Twitter's social media gestalt. And it's you know, part of why I like it as well. But I also want to talk to you about the ultimate Jason Kenny, not the ultimate Jason Kenny little bitch move, but one of the funniest little bitch moves of Jason Kenny, which is the the Bigfoot debacle. Can you describe oh, the Bigfoot yeah, yeah. debacle? So there's a lot of lore here. So basically, when Kenny was running against um, the uh, the New Democrats, a gal by the name of Rachel Notley, who like fucking loves oil. Um, and, she busts a nutly over oil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but is is better on a lot of like social like social issues. I mean, it's night and day, and like they're a bit like because uh, Alberta is this like cowboy province that was ruled by conservatives, and before that, people who were 
to the right of the conservatives for a very long time. It's like labor laws and stuff were backwards. And so the NDP did a bit to like bring us a bit up to date, but a lot of that's being reversed. Um, but um, so Kenny said that um, he sort of uh, in, in true right wing populist fashion, he sort of created this narrative that there's this international conspiracy to um, defame Alberta's clean, ethical oil, <laughs> which is substantially dirtier than like other sources of oil. It's very yeah, bitumen. It's, it's shale. It's shale oil, right? No, it's bitumen. Oh, it's because um, it, it's tar sands. Yeah, oil, right? exactly. Yeah. Um. And right, so there, he sort of created this external enemy, and he said that Notley and Trudeau are appeasing them, and we're going to fight back. And said he has this fight back strategy. So yeah, I didn't know he was a trot, mm. but um, <laughs> but so Trotsky Kenny is very funny. Someone because and he'll I get mean, an ice in, pick. in another life. He he could have been like a hardcore trot. Just selling yeah. like newspapers on the corner that are like yeah has with that typos. same Volcel intensity that Trotsky had. <laughs> but uh, so this fight back strategy was like two pronged. So there was a war room he was going to create to fight back against disinformation in the media, which is like people reporting ac- accurately about the tar sands, but like, like- skimming it with a fine tuned comb to find like one minor. Um, like factual inaccuracy and being like, aha, National Geographic is lying about our industry to try and destroy us. And so that was the He literally room. called it his war room, right? Yeah. But but then once he, that was on the campaign trail. And then once he introduced it, it was like the <laughs> Canadian Energy Center. Um, it's um, filled with like failed candidates for his party that like couldn't win in Calgary and Edmonton. So nice. he gave him a job there. And um, the the second problem of that is, uh, which is probably funnier now, is the, the uh, to launch an inquiry into um, this foreign-funded campaign um, to destroy the tar sands, which we're not allowed to call. They're the oil sands. Um, but um, he... Um, this guy who uh, is leading the inquiry is some like lawyer who like donated money to the conservatives and he keeps having to like the report was due like at least a year ago, but he keeps being like, Oh, I need another extension. Uh, haven't, haven't, you know, found too much mm. and it just keeps going and going. So he's like making good money on it. And none of the people who are named in the terms of the inquiry have been contacted about it. So like Greenpeace, uh, my friends at Progress Alberta, um, they haven't contacted any of them. And but they have commissioned a couple of like really unhinged like uh, papers (laughs) about like George Soros and like. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. um, I've, I've written a bit about that, but back to the war room which um sort of actually how i came to like prominence in alberta media was i wrote an op-ed about how ridiculous they are 
Yeah. And for they, for the Med Hat News, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they they're idiots. So they emailed me and my boss uh. saying uh, when they could have just emailed my boss. I'm glad they didn't saying that there are some factual inaccuracies in my piece that they want to correct. Uh, correct. They'll have something by Monday and running as soon as possible. Um, and so I screenshotted that because everyone was dunking on the war room. And I was just like, fucking bring it. And th- then I just like went from being like some, just some small town journalist to like someone like my follower account like tripled overnight. So I am forever grateful uh, to them. But their <laughs> most recent, and, and there, there are a bunch of mishaps. Um, they stole their logo from some US software company and had to get a new one. And then the new one was also uh, allegedly stolen from a US software company, but like they um, they uh, didn't do anything about it. And then the New York Times ran some feature on Tar Sands and uh, the, the whoever's in charge of their like social media account just went on a rant against the New York Times, like accusing it of being like anti-Semitic. The famously anti-Semitic Jew York Times. <laughs> let me, let me, man, it was really funny what happened. It got deleted. And then Tom Olson, um, who is the guy who runs it, who was a failed conservative candidate in the election that the party won. Um, Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> yeah, he also used to, he was a scab at um, the Calgary Herald newspaper when they went on strike in 1999. Um, they brought him in. Uh, well, actually, he was in management, but he he chose to cross the picket line. Um, now, this guy also has a band called Tom Olson in the Wreckage. Hell yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Did they but do anyways, middling blues rock covers? Yeah. Sounds like blues rock. Yeah. Did they yeah. do did well, they do probably, tragically hip covers? I mean it's Alberta, so there's that de- probably definitely like a uh country tinge to oh, it, Blue I Rodeo. would imagine. Yeah. Um but so the Canadian Energy Center uh said that the Times has been called out for anti Semitism countless times has a quote-unquote dodgy <laughs> track record, is routinely accused of bias and not the most intendable, um, not the most dependable source. Ah, uh, yes. And um, anyways, Tom Olson wrote a thread or a tweet apologizing uh, for the some of the tweets in the <laughs> Canadian Energy Center Um Twitter thread this morning, the tone did not meet CEC's standard for public discourse. This issue has been dealt with internally. And by the way, this is written like a poem. Like like each <laughs> sentence is a stanza. Like there are no periods. It's just the next line starts. Um, it's like written like a cue drop or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he says there will be a substantive response to the NYT article within our mandate of challenging inaccuracies. Ah, man. But anyway, so they hadn't done much. They didn't, uh, it took them a long time to respond to the cancellation of Keystone. Um, And then they come out swinging with an attack on a uh, Belgian uh, animated Netflix movie for children called uh, Bigfoot Family. (laughs) 
which is apparently a sequel to a movie called um, uh, Son of Bigfoot. So this one's for the whole family. And they said that um, it was very troubling that they're indoctrinating kids with anti-oil and gas messaging because it depicts an oil company trying to like blow up an underground area with a nuclear device to get all the oil in there, which is actually something the oil and gas industry in Alberta tried to do <laughs> in um, in like the 50s, but were stopped by, or maybe it may have been like, but anyways, they were stopped from, by the liberal government, of course. Uh, from, well, yeah. commies. Yeah, well, just another example of liberals stifling our oil and gas sector. They were probably like taking the atomic bomb secrets and giving them to, to commie countries. Yeah, they're giving them to China. The liberals <laughs> yeah. in the fifties yeah, giving them anyway, to China. So basically, um, the movie is about how Bigfoot decides to go up to Alaska. It doesn't even take place in Alberta to <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot's see what this this oil this really greenwashed oil and gas company. You see their CEO on TV. He has like a ponytail and he talks about how their oil is the cleanest. Uh, um, and then he sees that there are protests against it as well. So he goes up to investigate because he's Bigfoot and Bigfoot's a detective, right? Mm-hmm. Right, he's detective. Of course, of course. The and then he well goes known. missing. Shit! And so, is it up it, to Bigfoot's family to save him? Yeah, son of Bigfoot okay. and all their like animal friends <laughs> get into a car and they drive through Canada. Hell yeah! To get to Alaska, to find out what happened uh, to Bigfoot. Wait, so what? you're saying Bigfoot's from Canada and he went to America? No, 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 no. They live in the States. This movie yeah. takes oh, place live in the States. Bigfoot okay. is obviously American. Yeah. Okay, you're right, you're right. Bigfoot, yeah. Yeah, he's... But um, it's just that's the only part that takes place in Canada when they're driving, like, through the border and you see, like, Mounties. Um, who, uh, <laughs> need I remind your American listeners, may look um, cute and fun, but are mass murderers uh, Yeah, they they kill indigenous people at astonishing rates and they are uh, they have blood on their hands constantly yeah though i i know a guy who's in uh an rcmp sergeant near medicine hat and he's pretty cool yeah well yeah. everyone you know there's all everyone but like not war, not just that he's like a good guy uh, but he's like yes we need to reform and like he's yeah, like a work but, within you know, the system type and i don't agree with that but a cab includes dudley do right okay yeah i mean it's the institution <laughs> that's wrong there are yeah. individuals in every policing system who are yeah. um dedicated to reform it's just i mean they've reformed yeah delusions. but they become bastards because of the system you know even if yeah. they're nice you just become a bad you can't but help on, become on. A bastard. anyways we're talking about bigfoot yeah, talking about movies. bigfoot we're these talking movies, about bigfoot these movies uh, can't, really they didn't do the scene where the the rcmp does a starlight tour on bigfoot yeah, well, anyways, they go up, <laughs> and, of course, Bigfoot's been kidnapped by the oil and gas company, and so it's up to his son to save him, um, but then the son gets kidnapped by the oil and gas company and almost gets killed, and basically, they're saying this is absolutely slanderous, that this is depicting oil and gas workers in Alberta as murderers. <laughs> Because that's what they always do. They always shove like the oil and gas workers in front mm-hmm. of themselves as a human shield to be like, 
and and you know the NDP did this too. It's like, why are they against workers? Like, yeah. <laughs> we just want workers to have jobs, as if like no one's advocating for a green new deal. Yeah. Um, my buddy actually here in Calgary, Tom Ross, uh, who works at one of the radio stations, asked Jason Kenny um, when this was early COVID, when like oil prices were like negative. Mm-hmm. Especially because Alberta oil again, it costs more to take out of the ground. So there's always a price differential. Mm-hmm. And so he asked him, he's like, hey, you know, there are U.S. politicians who are advocating Green New Deal. Um, like, have, have you thought about talking to any of them about it? And he's just like, that's a ridiculous question. Like, I'm focused on real solutions, not these pie in the sky. Uh, he literally used the words pie in the sky, uh, <laughs> like socialist fantasies. And it just showed that this guy's pure ideology. Like, you can't depart mm-hmm. one iota. Otherwise, you're you're the enemy, um, which includes, uh, you know, half of the people in Alberta. Um Although he's super unpopular now, like he used the pandemic as an opportunity to like fire educational ex- assistants from schools. <laughs> he's just like, you don't need them anymore. Uh, evil. There, these people, educational assistants, you know, the the various these the nicest people on earth. <laughs> but, but also he um he he was asked about the worms campaign against Bigfoot and. He was like a hundred percent down. He was like, we shouldn't like they're defaming our oil and gas industry. We shouldn't pretend this isn't happening. Um, you know, we need to do something about it. And they're edu- they're you know brainwashing children to think that oil and gas is bad. So he's going to um, declare war on on Belgium. No, but he he also called it a Hollywood production because that's oh. a huge part of the narrative oh, in, too. In the triple that all these Hollywood stars yeah. like yeah. Jane Fonda and Leo DiCaprio and yeah. uh, um, you know Neil Young, even though he's Canadian, but I'm a Hollywood star. <laughs> I'm big in Hollywood. I did Adrenochrome with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Jordan Peterson kind of sounds like Neil Young, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, you're right. A little. <laughs> I'm a vamp. I'm a vampire, baby. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's perfect song you mentioned, Vampire Blues, because I mean he's talking about the tar sands in like the '70s when no one gave a fuck. He was like, uh, like. The 70s were a great time for the tar sands, right? Because like the Arab, uh, the not the Arab, the OPEC oil embargo on mm. uh, Western yeah. countries was fucking great for Alberta. It was mm-hmm. like, we got a lot of oil. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, think climate change will actually be good for Alberta because it'll be very hard to extract oil from countries where it's too hot to be outside. Um, <laughs> seriously it's gonna be too uh, hot to like in the shade like, that's true it will uh narrow the uh price differential gap yeah that's that's good news but there are there are you you can read some, there are some pretty freaky books out there about how like climate change is actually really good for canada it'll be good for agriculture industry yep. oh and yeah it's like wow absolutely. you're you're a fucking psycho yeah no, like, no if you want to take the black pill the Canada Russians is, are so into this theory too. That's why I think Russia. Yeah, that's true. Is, Putin is a big uh, yeah. proponent of it. My, yeah. I had a barber in Medicine Hat. Um, who he's a funny guy, but he's like huge into conspiracy theories and was like posting about David Ike. He was posting like David Ike videos and shit. And this guy's Jewish too. Like, um, not David mm-hmm. Ike, my friend uh, in Medicine Hat. 
Uh, and David Icke has some uh, interesting views about the Holocaust, but um, <laughs> he, yeah, he was just telling me once when he was like shaving my head, he was just like, yeah, man, you got to watch this Putin video. Like he knows what's up. Like he, he's saying that like, like all this like green energy stuff, it's going to benefit Russia because they're still drilling or it's like some shit. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Here's uh here. Let me. Uh, let, are you done cutting my hair? <laughs> I just want to show him first reformed and be like, uh, you know, just wrap barbed wire around my body and and get a suicide <laughs> vest and then that's a fucking great movie. Uh, speaking of Neil Young, yeah. um, first reformed is my favorite. I was thinking about it. It's my favorite movie of the last decade. It's my favorite movie of the. Um, of I the think 20 my years. favorite movie of well i guess my favorite movie of this decade is definitely uh sound of metal i oh, haven't seen it you've yeah, seen some seen of the it. oscar movies it's too right? real I, yeah too real. i was actually supposed to go on uh my friends at kino lefter's podcast today but uh evan evan mcdonald uh canceled me just cancel culture boo yeah, boo no, listen no, to he, house of he, decline he, over he, kino he, <laughs> he, is a very good show he overbooked um he booked too many Oscar movies, and uh, so now he's talking to someone about Minari and uh, The Father. And I was going to do, I was supposed to do Sound of Metal and Mank, which I quite liked. I liked Mank a lot. Evan was like, I didn't like it. And I was excited to destroy him in the realm of ideas <laughs> about how Mank is a good movie. Um, but it didn't happen and uh yeah, yeah. no kino left is a good podcast you guys should listen to it um yeah but uh where was i we were talking about alberta we're just jason kenny and bigfoot but oh the thing yeah that bigfoot I was... family and so this movie uh um the guy who makes it who lives in belgium is just like what the fuck i was just making a kid's movie about like how they should care about the planet and yeah i, I um, the other funny thing about this guy's credits is that his other biggest production credit is paw patrol which is famously seen as you know the right-wing reactionary right. kids cartoon right. which it's i from... thought was funny wow <laughs> but i mean it's it... not paw patrol is not actually right-wing reactionary but you know i understand why cop dogs are are would be understood to be that <laughs> well they're not pigs no, they're not. That would be that funny. Would be awesome. you do that, I would yeah. show. I mean, I don't have kids, but Steven, you Bunch have a of kid. Lazy Almost. Not quite. July. Oh, I thought. I thought. July. Oh, I thought that you were already a dad. Technically. <laughs> but, we're past um, the point. We're past the point of viability. So yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, you did it. It's, you guys, it's you finally got... a human. <laughs> According to the law. Yeah. You guys ever, uh, you guys ever hear of uh, a fellow by the name of uh, Brett Wilson? Oh, I wanted, w. Well, I, wanted Wilson? To, I wasn't sure how to transition to Brett Wilson because I, I don't know much about him. He's also um, in Alberta. Yeah, he's in. So also, um, this just reminds me that there's this like movement to separate Alberta from the rest of Canada because mm -hmm. Trudeau isn't is mean to us because yeah. he only gives oil companies like billions of dollars and not trillions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and these guys love the free market otherwise, but, um, and, and now Kenny isn't a separatist, but 
he's almost doing like a David Cameron type thing where he's like dog whistling to it oh, and hoping it'll just mm-hmm. go away after he wins the next election. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it worked out great for David Cameron. Yeah, so, great strategy. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. He didn't, um, he, he, but, he fucked um, a pig twice in his life. Yeah, and it's all all these like junior oil and gas executives who like think Trudeau's a pedophile and that like climate change is like made up <laughs> by George Soros. Um, First off, in Trudeau's sex life, he wants to be the kid, which is and there's nothing wrong with age play. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is he but, married to um, an older woman? Anyways, and, and, and so one of these <laughs> no, like no, he's not a okay. Macron type. Okay. Like I would say. I'd say, well, not not in that way. Trudeau's like Macron in a lot of ways, but yeah. not when it comes to um, being a victim. No, of, Trudeau uh, likes dressing uh, up. Yeah, grooming. statutory rape and uh, not not having cougar, cougar he time. Likes, he likes outlandish costumes. Yeah, that's <laughs> he definitely does. Um, <laughs> I do you think Trudeau's because he had walked a mile in their shoes is that why he resonated with the immigrant populations so <laughs> much <laughs> but you even see it in those horrible in those fucking horrifying photos of him he dresses up in brown face with a bunch of sikh guys next to him and they're like ah that's the thing good. that's like it's also like rob ford the legendary uh former mayor of toronto um brother of the lesser ford doug who's running Ontario right now. Children like, he of also, a lesser like, Ford. There are videos of him speaking like Jamaican Patois, like obviously like coked out of his mind and wasted yeah. at a, uh, a uh, this diner um, near where I used to go to journalism school. And me and Eric and Marino used to hang out there. Um, and uh, But he's speaking Jamaican Patois. And you know obviously all the people in the media were like well it's not racist it's like how i talk when i'm with my friends is none of your business and, <laughs> and i mean if you look at like like people compare the fords to trump and i mean there there are definitely some comparisons to be made by like rich boy populism but one thing that's very different about the fords is that a lot of their support comes from like communities of color of people of color who just want lower taxes um you know road building you know highways instead of public transit and like anyone else in the suburbs and they get a lot of their support from there and again so when they would say racist shit people are just like i don't know he takes care of my interests right it's it, it it's a it's this like um immigrant like petit bourgeoisie that lives in like the suburbs you know yeah Etobicoke uh, Caribbean communities, you know, is yeah. uh, Weston's not coming out for Ford, but those guys are right. Yeah. Right. But any, anyways, um, so speaking of like dirtbag, um, wealthy, uh, fake right wing populace, um, this guy in, in, in Cal, he actually, li- he's my neighbor. Like he lives in my neighborhood. So he's by, he lives in the rich part of it. I live in like the, you know, I live on like the main street um, in case you've heard like sirens and like motorcycles. That's why. But um, so he, Brett Wilson is like this, like he, he used to be a, uh, a, a dragon on the uh, Canadian television reality show uh, 
called Dragon's Den, which Dragon's is Den. a cheap knockoff of Shark Tank, mm-hmm. except yes. that they, um, Mr. Wonderful, who is Canadian, Kevin O'Leary, ran for the leadership of the Conservative Party uh, a few years ago and then just dropped out because he's like, wait a minute, I don't speak French. <laughs> and you got to speak French. If yeah, you he also just the prime minister of Canada. He was polling real bad too. No, like he, there was, he was he was polling he? pretty well from what I remember. Mm. But um, in, in any event, uh, Brett Wilson, um, Kevin O'Leary is also on Dragon's Den. Like it was mm-hmm. sort of him giving back to the community. I guess and his wife like, killed somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say his wife killed somebody. His wife. <laughs> No, I guess you could say killed because killed isn't like a, like yeah she no killed she him. didn't she murder, murder somebody him. but she That's killed somebody yeah she yeah, was responsible for somebody's but, death. But anyways, Brett Wilson was one of these scumbag like judges on this uh, you know show where uh, budding entrepreneurs present to a panel of like disgusting rich people and they tell them how terrible their business ideas are or think of a way to if the business idea is good to like fuck them out of it and you know give them an award for doing that and um so this guy brett wilson he's like a calgary like entrepreneur slash philanthropist um he also is the co-owner of the nashville predators hockey team (laughs) the nashville predators yeah but in recent years he's like like he used to be this like respect member of like small c conservative lower liberal like society in calgary and i I mean he came to my attention via posting like when when i moved to alberta and he uh he called environmentalists slimy bastards who should be hanged for treason wow Hmm. i wonder how we would feel about fern gully (laughs) and he thinks that again like like kenny he thinks that Trudeau is like, um, like working for like big environmentalists, you know, like, like he's deep state yeah. motherfucking George Soros guy. He's yeah. got the Agacon. He's going to the Agacon Island in order to pray to their environmentalist owl god. Yeah, but in reality, he's probably going to the Agacon Island to fuck kids. Hell yeah! <laughs> well, allegedly, maybe, allegedly. Maybe you take that out. I don't. Do you have any Ismaili Muslim listeners? Uh, probably not. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so maybe keep well, that. Well, we, we can keep whatever we want. But so yeah, we'll, no, a, we'll 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 take it out. I'm finding will. it interesting. So, are you what you're saying is that the conservatives in Canada are becoming like conspiracy minded at, to the same sort of degree that it is happening in America too. I wouldn't say to the same degree, but it's mm-hmm. definitely happening. And I think maybe Alberta is an outlier in that regard. Like the, the cause federally every uh, parliament seat in Alberta is conservative except for one in Edmonton, which is represented by the NDP, which in Alberta are centrist party federally. They're like a bit left of center. Um, but, um, but Alberta is like a different breed. I think, I feel like a lot of like American revolutionaries Mm -hmm. may have came to Alberta, Hmm. whereas the the loyalists went to like Ontario. Yeah. All of... 
I, I feel like more psycho Germans and psycho Ukrainians. Went a lot to, like, of German, a lot of Ukrainians. Yeah. They have a they have a monument to a Ukrainian Nazi, like Adam Waffen, like oh, commander yeah. in Edmonton. Stepping well, Canada has a problem with. What's yeah, well, our our people, our finance minister delivered her budget. Um, was it last week? And people are talking yeah. about how it's historic because she's our first female uh, finance minister. Now, she's also our first Banderite finance minister, which, <laughs> is, which is, of course, the sort of Ukrainian fascist movement during yeah. World War II that Banderite. supported the Nazis. Yeah. You, you know about the Banderites, Stephen? I, yeah, I mean, I do because I, I started learning about like Ukraine with- during the 2014 uh, Ukrainian Revolution which I initially supported and then I uh, did some more research and re- realized <laughs> I was like, oh no, <laughs> I don't think I want anything to do with this. <laughs> yeah. That, oh. My favorite video game of the 90s was Crash Banderite. <laughs> well, the Ukrainian, there's yeah. a lot well, of but, Nazism in Ukraine. Well, I don't know if I, the Chris, Christia Freeland's grandfather was a Nazi propagandist at um in um in uh nazi occupied uh poland which was like kind of like like parts of it became ukraine and um basically he could have sided went with this he he could have sided with the soviets Mm -hmm. but instead he fled with the nazis and uh there's so uh, christy freeland used to be a journalist right she was at ft and the globe and mail and reuters like she's a pretty high place person and she's created this hagiography about him about how her grandparents like were so dedicated to the cause of democracy in ukraine and, that, <laughs> and she's talked about them repeatedly as this inspiration for her and then um it turns out uh some some uh researchers in the canadian communist party actually uncovered uh who her grandfather was and what he did during the war <laughs> And um, her uncle, who um, is a historian at the University of Alberta, like researched it and was like, yeah, this guy is a Nazi sympathizer. Like the the publication he ran was a Nazi outlet. And uh, Freeland actually herself like helped edit one of his papers about this Nazi newspaper. (laughs) And then when it came out and reporters asked her about it, she was like Russian propaganda. Like you can't believe any, everything the Russians tell you. Like she couldn't bring her words, bring herself to say the words. Yes. My grandfather who I loved, who influenced me in certain ways also had the dark side of his history. That would have put an end to it. But instead yeah. she was like, no, it's Russian propaganda. And then all like, there's this like Freeland is definitely our Kamala in that oh, he oh, has yeah. this. Oh, that's such a good pack, fucking comparison. Yeah. Of like syphilitic, like, supporters on twitter who think that any criticism you launch against her is rude and sexism and that you like she's a progressive icon how dare you like you know like the democrats in the states the liberals in canada it's like they promise to do stuff they don't do it and Mm -hmm. when you suggest that maybe they should do that and more their supporters are just like how dare you you're a Russian plant. Yeah. 
but um anyway but back to uh back to uh brett his name is actually w brett wilson and no one knows w what the, brett wilson. the w stands for white <laughs> yeah it's, isn't it's there a, mystery. a name like, like w dave i've seen that before so maybe it's a tribute to someone there's i think you can just put a w in front of your name and and that that's you can just do that like yeah. it's actually it's pronounced wh brett wilson <laughs> what brett but anyway, so he's talking about how environmentalists need to be executed and Trudeau is like a collaborator of theirs. Um, he <laughs> well, also, there's one person in the Trudeau administration who is a collaborator. <laughs> yeah, but not with environmentalists. Yeah. Uh, sorry, go, go on. Uh, Brett Wilson calling yeah, Trudeau a so collaborator. He, he lives in my neighborhood and basically conservatives still fucking loved him because he was like their guy. Like he's a strong mm-hmm. supporter of the oil and gas industry. He's this philanthropist at his mansion. He would host these garden parties every year where all these like right wing politicians and like fucking dumb celebrities would just um, go there to talk about what great people they are and donate money to some charity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think recently it was like girls with eating disorders, which uh, that's nice. Yeah, well, there's that's some, that's you know. anodyne. Yeah, well, no, it was mental health charities, which included like girls with eating disorders. Um, and yeah, take from that one, well, yeah. um, like teenagers with eating disorders. But um, he, the, um, so he also uh, he was in the oil and gas industry at one point. Uh, he was board of director of a company called Forent. Um, and he was it became its single largest shareholder. He invested a fuck ton of money in it to like expand uh, gas exploration off the coast of Nova Scotia. Um, but there was like regulatory uncertainty about fracking in the Maritimes. Like there, from my understanding, there still is. Mm. Um, and so that didn't go anywhere. And he also bought some some lands that had never uh, had oil and gas like drilled from them before. Um, that didn't amount to much. But anyways, he ran this company into the ground. And uh, basically, when a company when an oil company goes bankrupt, there are a bunch of wells they have that are inactive. Right? They can't sell them to pay off creditors. They're just there, and you yeah. need to clean them up because they're on people's land. Right. Mm. And I mean, there are leakage issues, but there's also like if you're a rancher and you have animals there and then they, you know, fell down the drill hole again, (laughs) goats are filling up the old drill hole. And so the, 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 basically there's the orphan well association, which is, you go to their website, they use the word industry funded like a hundred times. Um, but since 2018, when, you know, a lot of oil companies have gone broke in the past, like, uh, seven years. Um, and since 2018, and so it, it get it got subsidized by governments, federal and provincial, mm-hmm. including Trudeau, who gave them $200 million um, last year. No strings attached. And uh, now it's mostly funded by government since 2018. So he kind of left these wells behind. Uh, there are court decisions since his company has gone bankrupt that ruled that when an oil company goes broke, before they pay off their creditors, they have an obligation to pay environmental costs. 
But the energy regulator here is bought and paid for by the industry, so they just don't enforce shit. And so uh, this guy was able to dump 16 of these wells just onto the Orphan Well Association um, for them to worry about. And then they got money from the government to help clean up these wells. So this guy thinks Trudeau is like involved in this like globalist conspiracy to destroy Canada. But Trudeau is, uh, he doesn't seem to mind when Trudeau's paying for his uh, orphan wells to be uh, decommissioned and then reclaimed. Um, now he also, so he was this sort of respectable philanthropist in like Calgary high society, but then he went, it was okay. <laughs> Calgary high society. Yeah, it's not very high. It's like stampede. Uh, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, your bolo ties and your cowboy hats and you're yeah. going to, you know, you're going to watch a Charlie Kaufman movie in your cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah. But Brett, um, W Brett. Uh, then did a little racism against Calgary's uh, mayor, oh, no. who isn't Ismaili Muslim, who was born in Tan. Or, sorry, he wasn't born in Tanzania. His parents were from Tanzania. He was born in Toronto, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and he was like the first Muslim mayor uh, in Canada, possibly North America. Not had yeah. He's like a fucking neoliberal, like yeah. But type. he's very. He's the most popular politician in Canada. Probably he's hmm. like beloved, didn't he? he? Yeah, I mean he was, or at least he was. Like, like in the he, original he, days, he, he was very high. Yeah, I mean he kept getting reelected in Calgary, and the right absolutely hates him. And and you know one can only speculate as to why. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's pretty, because <laughs> he's very like pro business, right? Like he's yeah. he's a neoliberal. Um, he, he got elected the same year as Rob Ford, actually. Um, and yeah. they're both, he's also a pretty big guy and they had some weight loss challenge, I think. <laughs> um, intercity weight loss challenge. Um, well, uh, but, um, Rob Ford Wilson definitely said, won that. He... <laughs> so, so Nenshi's last election, um, all the polls said he was going to lose, that he lost his luster. There's this, there's this like conservative, uh, NPC named Bill Smith who was polling ahead of Nenshi double His digits. His name is Bill Smith? Yeah. You couldn't invent a more... Is he yeah. like... Did they just get a character right out from character select? Like, when you go to the conservative <laughs> character select screen, yeah. they just didn't move any sliders, and we're just yeah. going for the ultimate the generic man. So, and yeah. anyways, Nenshi beat him by double digits. The with polls a foot, were all With wrong. this asterisk, though, I'm looking on Wikipedia, apparently there was lost ballots. They, and No, wait, they ran out of ballots? I'm seeing in, this in 2017. In, yeah, I'm reading this on Wikipedia that the the election was wrought with controversy as the the, the, the wait lines were long and they ran out of ballots. <laughs> huh. So maybe yeah, it's I mean, a you know one of those classic uh, center right elections that we have. <laughs> <laughs> They're rigging him. We'll get Rudy on this. Get yeah, Rudy get, on this. Get Rudy up there. <laughs> But so uh, he had W. Brett Wilson did some did some casual racism against. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was like, I mean, because obviously he hates public transit, which was a big, uh, um, big part of Nenshi's legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's now in question because of uh, Jason Kenney 
is like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to pay for it now, but uh, because there's this huge transit expansion planned here. Um, but Wilson was like, Nenshi wouldn't have won if he didn't play the race card in Northeast Calgary to get uh. ahead. Northeast Calgary is like Scarborough, right? It's very racialized, very underserved. Um, and first of all, like Nenshi beat Bill Smith in like every ward in the city. It wasn't just in the Northeast that like put him ahead. If he had lost the Northeast, he still would have won just by less. Um, and then all of a sudden he like lost some radio show he hosted um, and some uh, some local comedian I'd never heard of called for uh, not for profits to boycott him um, for with his you know philanthropy and not to mm-hmm. associate with him and then he apologized and uh, still has opinions on things um, including that doctors aren't real unless they vote for his political party. <laughs> uh, doctors with borders is what yeah, you're saying. Uh, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. political. Yeah. He, um, Medicin avec frontier. Hey, very good. Very good. Yeah. He's, he's, um, yeah. Brett Wilson's wild. And yeah, he's like all these fucking rich loudmouths. He's exists on public, uh, generosity mm-hmm. and he was also um uh, steven i'm sure you've heard that in canada we got monthly payments if we were laid off because of covid of yeah but payments. i also heard that then like they're taxed is that yeah. right ah oh, lame yeah so Classic. what did he what did he have to say was that the end of the world for him well no he was just saying yeah like the, the these are uh it's disincentivizing people to go to work um you know, I, he's like, I've heard from many small business owners and they're telling me that they're having trouble bringing people back to work because they can just sit at home instead. Yeah. And it's like, if you're having trouble bringing people back to work, like, I think the problem may be you, but yeah, that we're having that debate in the States. It's all, it's like, there's an article maybe once a week in all the major papers about how there's a labor shortage and people don't want to go back to work and, and we've gotten far less in terms of money. Um, in terms of how the economics of it work, I don't think it makes any sense at all with the paltry amount of money to, bl- to blame workers. Um, no one wants to work for bad pay during a pandemic, especially with the type of people that, you know, all customers and consumers are. It's like people are horrible when they're when they expect service from you. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't. There's I wouldn't your, work somewhere right now. Yeah, why would you make anyone work in a highly dangerous uh, area and make them interact with thousands of people each day? Because you know all these small business people, it's all service industry shit. Uh, most of it is service industry shit, which necessitates constant interaction with people. Which in a pandemic, you shouldn't be fucking doing. You should also uh, you look up a photo of Brett Wilson in Trudeau. Of them together, like yeah. they they have they have like a, a like a Trump and the Clinton style photo. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, and just how Brett looks into his eyes. <laughs> They're on the same team at the end. Well, it was is- in Calgary here. There's this big controversy over this Dairy Queen parking lot. Um, Jock Dairy Queen, yes, yeah, downtown. That uh, basically it was destroyed in a fire, and now. <laughs> 
now developers are saying that um that the city won't let them have a drive-through okay and all these right-wingers seized on that and they're like see it's a war against cars they just want to force everyone to public transit and create these one-size-fits-all neighborhoods Um, if there was and a, then all if these, there was all these right wing pundits were like screeching about how it was government overreach that this Dairy Queen wasn't allowed to have a drive through, and then the city came out and said actually they're allowed to have a drive through. It's just they wanted it differently than it was before they burnt down, and we can't accommodate that. Uh. But they can have a drive through. <laughs> And, um, of course, Brett Wilson was one of those people screeching about how this is an assault on, like, liberty and that... I can't get my Frosties. No, that's Wendy's. I can't get my uh, Blizzards. Blizzards. He's very yeah. slimy looking. And they won't flip it in pictures. front of me. <laughs> yeah. Well, he also actually tweeted... Uh, people were retweeting it. He posted the other day saying he was drunk. <laughs> like someone replied to him asking him something and he was just like am drunk yeah <laughs> i'm drunk on like a look of a twist everyone yeah. looks so lame because he does have sort of that malevolent wine mom energy right yeah big time yeah where it's um, like i'm just too drunk to i'm at brunch right now i'm a high society girl so we're at like what's what's the what's the right wing equivalent of drag queen brunch uh. <laughs> um, okay. Um, junior uh, oil and gas CEO dinner. There you go. Like at, <laughs> at one of those, I like at one of those like rest steakhouses slash pizzerias. Yeah. In like <laughs> we small put the steak on Alberta. the pizza. Yeah. Well, they don't put the steak. They're like separate, but they they make uh. a mean pizza and they also grill a good steak. Um, that's such a funny feature of Alberta culture. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, it's like, it's like Boston pizza, right? That's like an Alberta original. Do you uh, have, you don't have Boston pizza in the States, do you, Steven? No, I don't think so. Um, I've never heard of that. It, it sounds odd to me because. Yeah. Because it's not, has nothing to do with the No, Boston. I mean, in, in the Midwest, we have horrible pizza. It's horrible. Ever since I moved from New York to. <laughs> To Ann Arbor, the pizzas. I've just started making my Boston's pizza. not Midwest. I know, but um, it sounds. But to Alberta, me, Boston pizza is Midwest. It sounds to me like uh, someone from Boston is someone from Alberta would think Boston is in the Midwest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and Jason so Kenny prob- thinks Boston. Probably think, wasn't the founder of Boston Pizza another dragon on Dragons Den? I don't. I don't know much about the dragon. Dragon is like a KKK like rank. It's so weird to hear you say that someone has. We're going. What the? We're doing the Dragon's Den special. It's (laughs) it's the it's the grand special after many years, which is why it's called the Grand Dragon's Den. Yeah. Uh, And we're gonna have Wizard and Cyclops Den soon as well. Um, uh, <laughs> this guy Brett Wilson, he's he's wearing. I'm looking at pictures of him. He's wearing a, a Hawaiian shirt with camo. It's a camo Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, his he. There's a picture of him actually in in my story about him, um, which you can link to if you want. Um, oh, there's will. a uh, photo of him with a T-shirt that says "The science isn't settled." <laughs> <laughs> on climate change but yeah yeah he's a huge climate science denier like oh. straight up 
because it's just part of the conspiracy to destroy our precious clean ethical resources yeah um the the thing that will make me a tanky is these people the thing that will make me like we have to take up arms then the only way to fight is violence is by you know uh we should in my fantasy which will never happen because i don't condone violence is you know we string these up these people up like mussolini you know that's 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 the thing when i just see their callousness and their heartlessness and their willingness to destroy the earth for short-term gains it's just like no there's no we can't liberal our way out of this that's what he says about his enemies apparently too he's apparently wanting to hang all of his enemies like yeah (laughs) yeah yeah well, if he's going to do it, you know, and we're just going to say, you know, oh, well, we don't want you to do that. Maybe we have to become the oh, monsters. Oh, no, well, I'm just saying his, <laughs> his, what he's clearly saying what he wants to do to people who oppose him. And you can't yeah. just peacefully protest a guy who's like saying, oh, no, I actually want to kill you. Yeah. So, but yeah. I, yeah, I'm going to have my first reformed movement with people like these. I'm going to wrap yeah. myself in barbed wire Do it. and shit. So, and the only thing that can stop me is Amanda Seyfried. Um, <laughs> we need we you de- now, Jer- Amanda Seyfried. Jeremy, we're definitely going to link your article in the description. But um, I suggest you plug it as well right now because that's a good time. Yeah. The story is called... Uh, I think it's just called W. Brett Wilson's Orphan Wells or the definitive mm-hmm. guide to W. Brett Wilson's Orphan Wells. Because this is something everyone, like whenever he fucking tweets his like climate denial or like pro-Trump or like, hmm, maybe Alberta should separate posts. Um, people always, r- the replies always have people being like, clean up your orphan wells. And so this is something everyone knew about. Uh, Press Progress, this sort of uh, leftish media outlet, a couple good friends of mine work for uh, here in Canada, mentioned it in passing, but as me and my editor at the Progress Report, which people confuse for Press Progress, um, we're like, (laughs) let's, let's, um, let's do like a definitive account of this, like, so people can just share the article with him when, Mm -hmm. and uh, when he like screeches about like the carbon tax, like we have a carbon tax in Canada, it's fucking bullshit. And but the yeah, half measure, nothing. Yeah, but the right wing backlash against it is like delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the progressreport.ca. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, their website's weird though. I would just Google it. Okay. <laughs> uh, like Google Appel Brett Wilson or fan. Well, we'll link it. I think yeah, I have we'll the we'll link to it in the show. Yeah. Uh, and also, do you have any other plugs? You want to plug BST or Fork Corn? <laughs> yeah, I uh, host two podcasts. I think I don't think listeners of the show would be so much into the Forgotten Corner, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, so listen to the. We Forgotten just talked Corner. about Alberta for ninety that's minutes. That's true. We did. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even talk much about Wexit. Um, oh yeah, we'll have to have you on for a Wexit episode. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it in passing, but uh, there's like. Essentially, all our Q people want Alberta to separate. Oh, that's a whole episode on it. We'll yeah. definitely have um, you in the future because if but, Q foments in Alberta uh, and the Wexit happens, it'll be brilliant. Yeah, it will be a good comedy. But uh, so I host the Forgotten Corner. We talk to like newsmakers and stuff in Alberta. We actually interviewed the aforementioned mayor of Calgary um, a few weeks ago. Um, 
And I also host Big Shiny Takes, which you may have heard both Stephen and Alex on at different points. Uh, follow us at Big Shiny Takes on Twitter.com. Uh, and uh, follow me at Jeremy Appel 1025 at Twitter.com. Not, that's not yeah. like my email or anything. That's I'm just saying at, like, that is where yeah. you can... <laughs> yeah yeah well that was a very good show with our good friend jeremy uh we have some good audio from this show uh that we hope to see you in the future this is house of decline with your hosts kruder and dorfmeister uh do you have anything to say dorfmeister uh dorfmeister just wants you to go to houseofdecline.com and of course house is spelled h a u s the way we in spell the proper it german way Danke.